Where have all the great stairs gone and where are all the pods? Where is Ben and Marlin to fight the rising odds? Isn't there a Tyler upon a fiery steed? Late at night I toss and I turn and I dream of what I need. I need a podcast. I'm holding out for a Great Sir podcast of the night. Welcome to the Great Sir podcast, everybody. <laughs> I'm your host, Ben. I'm your host, Marlon. And I'm your host, Tyler. And I hope you enjoyed that. I tried very hard last night. Um, well, if you get the reference, that happened in episode two of Loki, which we're talking about, as well as episode three. So... Uh, we, I know we're a little late on that, but you know what? Good things happen to people that way. Um, so nah, if we're not getting it the second Loki comes out, we're going to delete the podcast. Yeah. The next time, it will be unacceptable. Even though we'll do it anyway. Uh, do you guys want to start, though? Should we just get right into it? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Let's get right into episode two of Loki. Let's uh, so get right into the Lokes. Okay. <laughs> so this one was called The Variant. And, um, well, basically, Loki, uh, they, they, want, they were doing research on how to find this, a new variant. And I guess we can just get into spoilers later. But was this a, a low-key good episode or a high-key good episode? Definitely high-key. I would say low key because I thought I had I thought it was a little slow, but it was very so. Actually, no, yeah, high key because it was still a very good episode. So I would also say high key. Um, it was I liked it more than the first episode, to be honest. Um, really, I I just liked how we got to see more of the office. We got to spend more time with Mobius and Loki. Um, it definitely sets up foundation of the show a little bit more than the first episode did so i really do like that Mm -hmm. and i found that i think this show just off the bat just from watching the first two back to back um i think this show will benefit from a binge watch actually but uh i don't know what you guys if you guys did that at all but this one Mm -hmm. just is a it's it connects very well to uh to the first one and and builds up a lot more intrigue for uh what's to come i guess mm-hmm. yeah no this is a great episode um i really loved um the reveal at the end of the episode i thought the production design was phenomenal Mm-hmm. Um, like usual, I think this is one of the best production design shows I've ever seen. Um, should, I was just sorry to interrupt. Should we just talk spoilers? I mean, it's been out for two weeks. Yeah, everyone knows what happened in this episode. Yeah, so obviously, um, we see Lady Loki at the end. It's revealed. Um, which I mean, if you followed like set photos and stuff, you knew it was coming, but. I didn't know it was coming this soon, though. I thought it would be revealed around the same time if a potential kid Loki shows up in the show. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I ain't seen Although that. it does open the door more to like the multiverse. Um, obviously, there's a lot of buzz around Spider-Man: No Way Home. Whether Toby and Andrew are going to be in that movie or not, I'm pretty sure. Let's face be. it; we all know they're going to be in it. Yeah, let's just not sugarcoat it. There's like so much evidence, and it's interesting because now that we know that there there are multi characters from another multiverse uh, working around in MCU, as proven in not this just episode, that, but ones that look different. Yeah, it's it's basically it basically kind of confirms that. Toby and uh, Toby, Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield Spider Man are going to be considered variants in Spider Man No Way Home, pretty much. And I believe Loki it has a bigger connection to the multiverse saga of the MCU than we think it does. It's, we we originally thought WandaVision was going to open that, but it didn't really. It, it didn't really play with the multiverse at all. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Um, one thing I thought was very interesting about this one was, um, like I, I think I mentioned it earlier was how we got to see more of the TVA office, like, um, the library and like the archive. Like, I, I like that scene where, um, he just, he basically just reads about Asgard's destruction. I thought that was a pretty clever way to do that, to, for him to learn that. And, um... I think I just like this one more because it it developed Loki while also progressing the story in a good way, which I wasn't the biggest fan of in the first episode. It kind of just some parts just kind of felt like a clip show in the first one to get him up to speed, which I get you need to have. But <clears throat> I like that they were able to blend it a little bit more in this one. Mm-hmm. And this episode, in my opinion, was much slower than the first episode. But I kind of that I kind of like that about this show—the slow burn, the mystery to it. Like it, it does it, it doesn't need to move like at a quick pace, because at least you're invested enough into the story of it to be intrigued yep. by what's going on. Honestly, I think that this show moves moves pretty fast in my like for for me as a viewer mm. because um, there's always so much going on. But I do it is definitely a slower burn and it's more dialogue driven, which I really love. Like even Falcon and Winter Soldier, like that show started out a little like that show started out and there's still action scenes in every episode. But like this, and that was sure. I guess you could parts. say there's. I guess you could say there's action scenes in every episode of this show, but they're a lot more understated and they more they're more take the back seat to character development. And and they they really spent a lot of time like world building and in the the setting that that episode takes place in. So in this episode, it was more about the TVA and the whole like um, when they go back to Pompeii and everything and all that, you know. Yeah, I really I like the way they worked that. I thought that yeah. was one of my favorite moments. That that was yeah. that was a really good scene. I I really yeah, I thought I it was really funny. Obviously, they go there because um. Loki finds out that the other Loki is hiding in apocalypses, which I thought that was a very good idea because um, we, we're we're gonna get to see it, it, there's just a lot of opportunities and they kind of show that with just this like not even the Pompeii thing, which was very fun, um, <laughs> and Loki's just like screwing around with all those people. I thought that was pretty funny, but. Yeah. The where they go at the end, where it's just like, 
everything's owned by Rocks Corp, which you know is Roxon from like the comic books. And they, they, I think they were in like Homecoming. They mentioned it, I believe, but I might be wrong. But I also do like how everybody at TVA still doesn't trust Loki like one bit, but yeah. Mobius is the yeah. only one still giving him that chance, that chance that maybe he's up to something. Like when he he makes up that um one, the what's called the little thing about the salt and pepper and the salad, and then he's kind of like explaining like timelines about a variant being in a certain timeline and how that variant can really mess with it. I, th- I thought that was a very uh, a clever way to make Mobius kind of gain trust uh, for Loki, whereas nobody else in the TVA would really understand, if I'm being honest yeah. with you. You can tell that they kind of depend on each other in this in this era of their lives. Right. And although one of my complaints, as much as I'm loving the show so far one of my complaints with the show so far is that i feel like they're passing off loki as an anti-hero that took years to develop in many many movies i feel like they're already doing that too quick in this show whereas it it, kind of like for example it took him what the first thor movie the first avengers movie thor dark world what else uh it it basically took him like well, technically, Ragnarok was already when he was already a uh, anti-hero. Oh, yeah. But um, it took him basically three movies yeah. to kind of like. I didn't start loving and, Loki and two Ragnarok, of which. So. Oh, sorry. You what were you saying? I. Well, you saying? Yeah, no, I was just saying that um that I like Loki is is a character that really sort of became like even though he became more of an anti-hero in the Dark World, people didn't really start loving him till Ragnarok. Yeah, and then yeah. He, he, I do agree, he didn't really become an anti-hero until Ragnarok, so it took him, like, three movies, so three different arcs, for him to, like, redeem himself as an anti-hero. Whereas here, we have to remember that this version of Loki is right after the war of, uh, in New York of the first Avengers movie, so he's kind of already going that route a little too quick, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I, think, I definitely see that complaint. Yeah. I, I, because I, 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 understand he, I understand he's a fan favorite character, but I feel like there could have been a way to kind of still have that villainous side of him, but kind of like like develop his character once again a little bit more. I don't know. That's just a little complaint that I have with the show so far. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why I was kind of thrown off a little bit by the first episode is because, like I said, it, and again, I know this isn't a review for the first one, but... Uh, like the clip show aspect of it, like I did feel like, I don't know, I I felt like it was kind of a rush just to make him. Oh, he's the antihero, but he is still pretty villainous, villainous in this, which I like. But I definitely, I actually do agree with what you just said. Um, yeah, especially considering this is right after the events of the first Avengers movie, which he is the full-on villain. Yeah, in, in a broken timeline where this is taking place, yes. But uh, I just I just really needed to point that out before we also talk about episode three. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've, we've got we've got a lot to talk about episode three. Yeah, I the, and this came out so long ago that we're kind of forgetting everything. So, or at least yeah. I am. But um, obviously, at the if we want to just move on to three, since that was the newer one. 
Well, I think uh, yeah. the last thing it, I have a few, I have a couple more. Yeah. Things. Well, I was going to talk about the branch timelines that were created and everything goes insane. Yeah. So yeah, now that now that we've kind of established, like, you guys know our thoughts on the episode. If you haven't seen it yet, um, we're going to talk spoilers a little bit. Um, the ending of this episode is the best part of the episode, in my opinion. It, it is. Absolutely. Oh yeah. We're, yeah, was that, it, it was a very it was very effective. I thought. What was it? Yeah. Kansas twenty seventy seven, right? The year twenty seventy seven. Yeah. yeah, and they yeah, like I said, they like how we were talking about earlier. They go to that old like convenient or what's that called? Like a grocery store. It's like a Target, Walmart type. It's thing. a it's a yeah. very big store though. From yeah. what I, I love, I love the scene in it where um, Sylvie or yeah, but her name's Sylvie. Yeah. Um, is is possessing everyone around Loki, and um, and like you just hear like the Loki voice, like the Loki charm coming out of all these like random people. I thought that was so funny. They really did a great job casting these roles too. Like, yeah, you I know, agree. I would agree. The whole universe has perfect casting. I would agree, except for like that last like lumberjack guy. I thought I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't. I thought he was overdoing it a little bit, but yeah. But not only that, but also like the the fight scenes in that in that one one scene were also very, very fun to watch. Very well filmed. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to get to this in the next one, but obviously we do get some hints at a power that he uses in the third one. In this one, that kind of went over my head, and like, and like it's almost kind of a blink and you miss it. Um. Should I just say it now, or or should I wait? Yeah, sure. So he he has like a telekinetic power, so he can like he like you see him like you know the vacuum machine robots. Little sir, we see him like pick one of those up and like call it to him, and then he you he uses it in the third episode. So and I I honestly did not know Loki could do that, but that's something he could do back in the dark world, and that just never even clicked with me. Because he doesn't really use it that much, you know? Right. Yeah, I feel like Loki's powers have always been a little... A little... Uh, I don't want to say iffy, but he, he's he's shown powers in certain movies that would have come in handy in old movie, in other movies that they just never really thought of. One, the one that comes to mind is when he pulls the knife out of nowhere in Infinity War. I didn't know he could do that before that. And also yeah. the, the, the scene where he kind of like... There's like a hologram version of himself in the first Thor movie to like trick that uh, Frostine into like attacking him. Yeah, yeah, that was um, a pretty good one. I I have to think actually, about it. I don't okay. think Ragnarok really like utilizes like any of Loki's powers, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I I was just I was just thinking about that because aside from he uses a gun. <laughs> yeah, aside from the hologram. Um, or not hologram, like the masking that he uses to look like Odin. I don't think he uses his powers once in that movie. And then he does like the fake out thing every once in a while, but yeah, um, yeah, he's just got a big old gun. Yeah, no, like the fact that the fact that Loki probably could have pulled like any weapon in the universe out of his mind, <laughs> and yet he still had to do get help with Thor. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I I don't know if he can just pull anything. I feel like he has to. I feel like he has to have something on hand, and he must just put it in some weird space-time continuum thing. Who knows? Yeah. Like, I don't think he can just do anything, but... um, 
But that actually does remind me that this episode does explain. Um, it it kind of goes through Loki's powers, like those kind of powers. They do touch on a little bit, and then they also talk about the other versions of Loki's that the TVA has dealt with, which I thought was so funny to see those designs. Yeah, they did a good job with that. Um, with that VFX work. Do we do we still theorize that Finn Wolfhard is playing Kid Loki? No, because I know who the casting is for Kid Loki. Oh, really? Is it is it big casting or is it like? No, it's it's a nobody. Like it's okay. it's pretty small. Oh, I like that. Is um, it is it confirmed though? <clears throat> no, it's he's gonna show up in the show. It's okay. The character himself is not confirmed, but it's it's basically as obvious to me as it was that. Eli Bra- Eli Richardson was going to be playing um, Patriot and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just not going to say who's playing him for now, but right. Who was your what? Well, uh, just for fun, what was your guys' favorite design of those weird versions? I like the I like the I like soccer the, one. Yeah, that was my favorite. So I actually, yeah, I like that one a lot. I was also thinking about I was that grossed. Like, I was grossed out by like that Hulk looking one. Really? I, th- I thought that was one of my favorite ones. Well, that yeah, that's why I liked it. I just thought it was disgusting looking. <laughs> yeah, coming to a, think of it, that even though I don't really watch Rick and Morty that much, uh, what's that one episode where Morty has like a, a big hand or? Like, big arms oh, or whatever uh, i think yeah i know what you're talking about it's like um, in the background of the justice league movie <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah, like yeah they're working out that. and they play x gonna give it to you <laughs> yeah i don't know it yeah, just gave me that vibe and and i mentioned that because uh, i know the writers behind Mick, rick and morty are behind this show as well yeah yeah um, Speaking of Rick and Morty, you guys should be watching Rick and Morty because the season five finale is one of the best TV episodes I've seen in a minute. Wait, it's like a finale. Oh, never mind. I think it's like it's a premiere series finale. Um, did we have anything? And well, I'll bring it up next episode. But uh... actually, there's one last thing I want to say. We yeah, we've had one last thing to say for a lot for a lot of this episode. But yeah. um, as a Wanda fan, uh, she's probably my favorite Marvel character right now. I'm pretty glad that they're not really leaning into the idea that Wanda destroyed the multiverse and it, instead Sylvie did it herself because Wanda's been through enough. Don't don't put that on her conscience too. I I do think though that I think I'm pretty sure um Loki doesn't take place that doesn't take place around the same time as uh Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. Which is where Wanda rips up the multiverse, I suppose, right? So yeah. I can, yeah, but I, also there's really no who really they because they can go anywhere, so it, it's it doesn't really matter where it takes yeah, place. Yeah, because we can assume that Doctor Strange two takes place like eight months after Endgame because of yeah. No and if home, you really right? think about it, well, actually, yeah, because Far From Home takes place eight months after WandaVision. Yeah. Right, but like for this one. I, I I always just keep it. I always just think, oh, I think it's after Endgame now, but just because, like, yeah, I said, I just said they can go any at any point in time. But I mean, they do refer to Endgame. The, the whole the whole reason that there's a break in the multiverse is because they time traveled then, and and he picked up the stone. 
Well, to be fair, once you actually start to think about it, I think Loki takes place during the the final act of Endgame. Because if it picks up right after Loki, uh, um, if this show like picks up like right the moment after Loki picks up that Tesseract, then technically that's still like before the Thanos fight in Endgame. So it's before WandaVision, before Falcon Winter Soldier, before all that stuff. So it really does make sense in the timeline. Uh, anything else you guys want to bring up about this one? Nope, that's about it. Yeah, good episode, but yeah. Uh, yeah I'll ne- introduce next up. Uh, we have... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so episode three is titled "Lame," and it's um, <laughs> it's it's uh written by Bisha K Ali, who is um who is the head writer and showrunner for the Miss Marvel series coming out this year. All right. First of all, that's kind of an L, because this episode was probably the best one, honestly. Nah, this. Hot. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like by that though? What? Like it's an L. It sounds like you're saying, "Oh, that's an L." That no, that's like that's like an L opinion. (laughs) I think. (laughs) Um, I'll say this one was low key good. Um. Which means I'm not as. I'm gonna say. We, I'm gonna I don't say, think we ever really clarified that. This episode is low key mid. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. This, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I didn't love it. I thought it was an okay episode, but really, I feel like it's the show's three for three at this point. Because I'm gonna say this one's high key, really good. Because no, I, really... I said this was like a six out of ten episode. It was decent. Really, it's like um, a nine out of ten episode for me. Honestly, I I love this episode so much. Well, you know, you guys always play this card on me. I'm gonna play it on you now. You're kicked <laughs> off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this one we got the epic team up of Loki and Loki. Um, <laughs> um. Actually, you know that kind of remind that kind of reminds me of Pop Star because of the Tony, Tony, Tony. Could you imagine Tony, um, Tony, Tony, Tony? Yeah. <laughs> um, but this one is they're on a planet called Lamentus, which is uh, what is it? A moon crashing into the planet? Yeah. Basically, they have to escape because their uh, their little teleport thing is broken. So we got we get an exploration of this planet, and so um, just if you don't mind, I I kind of wanted to talk about this planet. The concept is very cool, um, but the execution I thought could have been a little better. It felt this episode kind of felt a little Star Wars to me, but but. Uh, it just felt very sound stagey, green screen. Like, I I couldn't really get invested in. I, but you I gotta, gotta, I gotta say, this is the best looking episode out of the three. Um, maybe because of how vibrant this planet that they are uh, is, and how much the colors stand out. It has like this like dark purple, this dark purplish look to it, with like a dark blue to it too as well. I don't know. I thought it was a really nice look, and the colors really popped out. Um, I really, I, I do agree with you that I feel like the, this planet could have been executed a little bit more better, but I kind of like what we got for this episode because um, the episode doesn't really focus on 
on the setting as much as we think it does. It's more about the relationship between Loki and Sylvie. So, yeah, which I thought, which I thought I that kind of character development in this episode. I think that was the strongest part. Obviously, the big thing we learned is that they confirmed Loki's up, which is pretty cool uh, to I finally was... get in Marvel. I thought that was a great reveal. Very yeah, I, yeah, and it's, it's, and it, it's very like it's it was very handled open. in a very good way too. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like Disney, especially every time they announce like an LGBT character being represented in one of their movies or TV shows, it's never like full on represent representation, yeah. you know, or it's not very <laughs> the closest they got is uh, High School Musical, the musical, the series, and even that, it's not necessarily the main focus of the show. I it, that that's that's I think that's the only one that I've seen from Disney. Yeah. If I'm being honest with you, because I, every, yeah, every, everything else is that that one caught from onward. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, what was the other one? Uh, Lafo or what's his name from Beauty and Lef- the Beast? Lef- yeah, <laughs> they're not. They, they, I, I don't know. There's something up with Disney where they don't like revealing that some of their characters could be like gay or bisexual or something but this one was pretty spot on honestly it was a pretty nice Mm -hmm. reveal yeah and also um another thing that um i was happy about is even though this is a pretty small (laughs) reveal in the grand gist of this show uh, i hope that um this means that we're going to be getting accurate um and tasteful LGBT representation in the Young Avengers series, especially with America Chavez and Billy. I'm 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 100 sure that is going to be the case. And, I'm, and, pre- Tommy. and Tommy. I'm pretty. I'm yeah. pretty oh, yeah, sure Tommy that's why well. they. I'm pretty sure why that that's why they revealed that Loki was bisexual in, in the Loki show, so that they could open their doors yeah. for more LGBT representation. Yeah, because that's that. Those are that's a pretty huge part of those characters. Like you basically can't do that. Those characters without that. That and, story and element. Knowing Kevin Feige, he's not he's not gonna miss on that opportunity either to yeah. represent the LGBT community in in his own universe that he helped build in the MCU. I don't know what it is with this episode. I just couldn't really get into it. Um, besides some of the cool, um. I don't, just I don't this show in general something just isn't clicking with me and that's why I'm I don't love it so far to be honest like I like it I ambitious and strong in many aspects but there's just something off about it to me so far. and and also that speaking of being conflicted on stuff um I forget her name, but the actress that plays Sylvia, I think she's uh, very she good. Know. Yeah. I think she's very good in some scenes, but when she has to, like, yell and look super angry, I thought it, I didn't really like it. Like, I thought she was just kind of overcooking it a little bit. I and I get, I get that, like, I'm fine with, like, some over-the-top performances. Like, I literally just saw freaking F9 and, like, I was fine. Uh, but but in this, I don't know why. I, she just can't. I just don't buy all of her line delivery. Not She's not bad, but there's just some things I think she could improve on a little bit. And I think, but 
I think she will. I think once I just get used to the character, I'll like her performance more. Really? Because I, I feel quite the opposite. I feel like this, uh, what's her name? Sophia de Mar- Martino, right? Yeah. I feel like she really nails the role of the female version of Loki. Like, if you were to tell me <laughs> that this is what the, fe- the Lady Loki in MCU would be, I would, I, honestly, I would be 100%, 100% satisfied because I really like what they're doing with this character so far. And I really like the way this actress is portraying this character. It very much feels like a female version of Tom Hiddleston, basically, which is what obviously what they're trying to do. So I think it works pretty well um, so far. So far enough that I, I really want to see Sylvie get her own spinoff series. If I'm being honest with you guys, I, yeah. I, I really want to see this character more in the MCU. I'm honestly really hopeful that she shows up one way or another, even as a cameo in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I think there's there's a very strong possibility that Loki season two could be eccentric around her. Right, and I, I really hope she stays in this MCU timeline mm-hmm. as well. Um, I guess we'll see how that goes, but it, it, I really I adore this character so far, honestly. One of my favorite MCU characters so far. That's how much I like this character. Really? Yeah, I'm. Like, I would go like back how back. far up? Like you know, not like top ten, right? I I would go B tier. Okay. B tier, definitely for um Sylvie. I'm. I would say I'm at like. I would say like C, maybe D tier. Perhaps it's a little uh, too I, early to tell because this is just episode three. But so far, yeah. I'm really liking this character a lot. Um, yeah, I like her a lot. I, I, I. Okay, wait. Can I? I need. I need to actually deconstruct my thought on this episode a little bit because I did say that it was pretty bad, and I need to explain myself. Yeah. Um. It's not really that I think this episode is bad. It's just I think it's very bland. It's a little derivative of Doctor Who and Rick and Morty at times, and it never really like has the spark that Rick and Morty does, and it doesn't have the the writing quality that the first two episodes do. Like I like I had I enjoyed so much just watching Loki and Mobius talk, but and I like Lady Loki, and I like and I like Loki himself, but I was just not very into the conversations they were having this episode, aside from. You know, obviously, the reveal that Loki is bisexual. I liked uh, hearing that canonized. Um, but I don't know. This episode just really couldn't click for me. And I thought the action scene towards the end was kind of underwhelming, too. On the train? Or no, oh, the, the city. And I, oh, I thought the ending was terrible, too. Like, really? it's way too big of a cliffhanger. Like, oh, wait. I thought like it was even, one of the best parts of the season, if I'm being honest. Even. Well, I I don't hate the set piece itself. I just think it's a little weirdly shot. But um I like even WandaVision episode 8, which I think is one of the biggest MCU cliffhangers they've done with the reveal of the Scarlet Witch and Agatha Harkness choking Billy and Tommy. I think that's like that was a great reveal because it it was still a satisfying end to that episode, but this it literally just felt like they cut off a scene. Like I, I was very unsatisfied with the ending to this episode. I, well, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the ending. I thought it was it was pretty well handled. But like, I'm just like it kind of just. But it did just feel like 
it didn't really need to be a cliffhanger. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like it would have been a little more satisfying if we, if it was just a little longer, and we got to see how they escape because they're gonna escape in the right away at the beginning. There's no way or they're not unless this next episode is like about Mobius or something. But, um. I don't know. I do kind of. I do get where where both of you are coming from, though. And as far as like the action scene, um, it was it was interesting that they you know did a one take thing, you know. But that that was uh, one of my favorite parts, honestly, about this. Episode. Yeah, but honestly, the one take thing is kind of getting old. Let's uh, you know, I don't know. At least, at least they like, didn't overdo it like 1917 overdid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. It is way better than that. And this one isn't like math. I will say this one's not masked super well, but also like it doesn't, it's not trying to be the center of attention, like something like 1917. Yeah. Because when it went, because that movie was just all marketed around that. And then you have, you're looking for the cuts, but, but this one, you know, it just does kind of come on surprise. I thought it did flow pretty naturally in that part, but I don't know. I it just, it didn't seem super necessary. And also, I remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about that one shot of the trailer of Loki with that, like, like that woman that looked like Natasha from Infinity War sitting. I'm, 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 a hundred percent sure that's just Sylvie at this point. On actually, Tyler, you see the I... thing is, is we Ben and I both talked about this, and where else would that shot fit in if it wasn't in this episode? So, I, like, why and would I... Sylvie and Loki be like that if it yeah, wasn't? In we this both episode? looked at the we both looked at the trailer, and it it obviously it can change with green screen or whatever. But it's a completely different rock that they're sitting on. It's a completely different background and everything like like well in this one they're just sitting on dirt and yeah i don't think i'm they not would... saying that it isn't that it that it that it 100 is natasha but yeah i feel like the, it would be kind of a reach if it's just sylvia at this point well see that that's the power of cgi they even if she is sitting on a rock it could be a rock in the trailer but it could be something completely different out like yeah but like it was like stuff. dirt like, in this like why would they i just okay, don't feel like well, marvel has done that in the past a lot where they kind of like mess with the backgrounds completely different from the trailers and the movies yeah so that's I, do, true. I do i i do think that that was just a, a a way to get fans talking about the speculation about it being natasha uh, i do think that will be like one of the opening shots for episode 4 where Sylvie's like all bummed out about the whole like train or the little spaceship or whatever like exploding in the beginning and the ending of the third episode whatsoever. But I'm I'm pretty sure it's Sylvie, although I'm not gonna lie though, I would love to be proven wrong and I would love for it to be Natasha. I'm I'm just been... gonna I'm honestly gonna hold out and say that it is someone else. I think also at this point, like why would they like they push back Loki of a good a good what like month and a half right because it was originally supposed to start the day high school musical started mm-hmm. and why would they want to release loki the same week as black widow if black widow didn't come into play at all oh uh, this is know. gonna sound this is gonna sound stupid but i do think that the reason why they moved it is to like promote the other shows that disney plus had going on like the Bad Batch, High School Musical, the Musical, the series, the one with uh, John Stamos, right? 
the thing is, though, is that Bad Batch is is going to run until August, meaning it's going to overlap with What If also. So, well, it's going to overlap, but the What If is going to premiere on Wednesdays now. If um. Not mistaken, oh, really? I think. Because I'm, didn't Kevin Feige say that uh, all the MCU shows are going to premiere on uh, Wednesdays from now? Yeah, on no, they said they said that every Disney show after after High School Musical, um, oh, Big Shot, God. and The Bad Batch, and all the shows are going to come out on Wednesday. Right. Yeah. I, oh, I okay. Across um, the whole. Disney oh yeah, program. and then the original movies are going to be on Fridays. Yeah. Which is yeah, kind of stupid because um, they don't even have enough movies to like market at this point. <laughs> um, so one one last flaw before I get into the last spe- uh, uh, speculation thing was what Tyler said about the conversations. And now that I got a little bit of time, but when we were talking about it, whatever we were just talking about, um, I, I I do agree because if you really think about it. It's kind of they kind of just talked about information we already knew, like the his relationship with the mother, which we already literally just got a reminder of in the first episode, and just stuff like that. It felt very, it just felt like we were covering old ground again, and I think it would have been a little in, more interesting if, um, because I, I get it, yeah, they need to get to know each other, but like I don't know, I feel like. Sylvie as of now is not as it she doesn't feel different to uh just Tom Hills from Loki. Like she I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to say? Yeah, no, that's about it. Um I'll just say I I, I, I loved episode three, so I, I think I'll just leave it at that. Because I know I know episode three was um for many people when I got on Twitter the day it premiered, a lot of people are like disappointed that the story didn't really go any further from episode two, but I really didn't mind that because there was a connection between Loki and Sylvie in this episode that really sparked that whole episode for me. So, And I, I would like to clarify that I do not believe this is a filler episode. I don't think it's a filler because we did Absolutely learn things and we did get actual development. It wasn't like a Mandalorian filler episode. And Mandalorian or, had had a, quite a few filler episodes. Yeah, or even seasons. worse, the even worse Star Wars show, The Bad Batch. Um, but we won't get into that here. I feel like Bad Batch is just filler overall. Oh, like, it is. It's cool, but maybe I'll talk about that whole show when it's over. Um, get ready to record that in like September. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I just I think that only like twenty people watch bad batch honestly. i don't i don't even see star wars people that i usually see talk about it but yeah okay I weird. Get high out. school musical series is way more popular than the bad batch and i think that's really fun yeah because it's a better show but uh, it's, it's, it's a, a, that's a great show. show by the way we're gonna talk about that when it ends when it yeah. when does it yeah. end in like july i believe i'm not sure yeah it's about it's about a 12 episode show and i think episode seven or eight just came out very good show so right. far yeah, it's fantastic. I love a it. We don't. We don't want to get out of ramble though. Yeah. So, we that'll be like a that'll be a very long episode actually. So brace in. Yeah, I hope you guys are excited for that because we're amped about the show. But anyway, it's a great uh, Tyler, you did want to talk about something else though, right? 
today? Yeah, so yesterday uh, we got the new trailer for Shang-Chi and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, and I just wanted to share out a few thoughts about it. We're going to get this out of the way first because it's obviously anyone, all anyone wants to talk about in regard to the trailer and the fact it's a great trailer. Uh, Abomination versus Wong. Yeah, it's crazy. Let's go. I can't. Wong is, uh, as you guys know, like a fan he's favorite. one of my he's a great star yeah, favorite. favorite. He's like he's up there with Ned and uh, Jimmy Woo, of course. But he's can just... we can we agree that it's unforgivable that he flaked out in Infinity War? Yeah, he did. Dude, he you do you not remember that he was just about to get a sandwich? <laughs> But yeah, I thought, I thought that I thought that review in the trailer. I didn't notice it the first time around. Like I, I think it's maybe because I had really bad lighting where I was watching the trailer, and maybe had too much glares on my phone. I didn't realize it was abomination. Although I did notice the little Doctor Strange powers, but I didn't know that that I thought that was a Doctor Strange character. But I didn't think it was Wong exactly mm-hmm. until I closely like rewatched the trailer once I got home. See, I, I was the opposite. I didn't notice the Doctor Strange power, but I, um, as far as Abomination goes, um, the Incredible Hulk is a piece of trash. But uh, you know what? Uh, I I really dug the look of him now. I'm glad that they're going a little more comic accurate. It it just looks. It doesn't look as disgusting. Like I don't want to crush it with my foot. You know, like he he actually looks cool now. And but one thing is that I even though it's probably like the quote-unquote money shot of the trailer i do wish that they would have saved it for the actual movie yeah i think that if in they're reality, willing to put this in the trailer it means they've got 10 more big some bigger surprises for the movie i yeah. i i guess we'll have to wait and see but um overall just quick thoughts on everything that isn't about abomination and wong which i think is taking away all the attention from yeah well, i, I agree later. that's kind of a shame like this is right. this is Shang Chi's movie. It, it, it's a very good trailer. It is, although it, even though it doesn't give away that much new information that the first trailer didn't already provide you with, it does give away some really good shots mm-hmm. of the Ten Rings actually like like actually being used by uh, the Mandarin in the movie. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, that one cool shot between um, Shang Chi versus the Mandarin, or AKA his father. You know, so I I, I thought that shot was. Pretty yeah, where cool, they're like dueling. It, I thought that was a really. I thought that was my favorite part of the trailer. I um, I yeah. really I I love that 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 and the part where he like kind of like slams like the ten rings into the into his arm. I thought that was a pretty cool shot as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do I like the first trailer more than this one. Um, I like the more just toned down. Because this one is very fantastical, which I'm totally fine with because, you know, we, we've gotten fantastical in the MCU. But I just preferred, like, what they showed in the first trailer. But it's oh, a good trailer. I, I, I'm I think super what, excited still. I do agree with you that the first trailer is better. But I think what makes that first trailer so much better and memorable is that it has, like, better editing with yeah. the tr- song that they use in that trailer and, like, the actions that the characters do in the... Like it, it almost kind of like fits in very well with the trailer, and it's edited super well. So I think that's why I like that trailer still more than this one. Although this one is more fan serviceable as we're talking, obviously about the Abomination yeah. and the Wong cameo. 
Anything you want to say, Tyler? Yeah, um, I'm really enjoying. I like that we saw more of the actual cage fight in this trailer because I was like, it was almost like it was missing from the first trailer. Yeah, because there's only like, really that one part of him like just standing in it. Yeah, I loved seeing um. Oh, the the I don't remember his his exact name, but we got to see the dragon in Fing this trailer. Actually, I don't think it's Fin Fang Foom. I think it's um. I think it's um. Because I believe I saw somebody. I heard from some source that um, it's, Fin Fang yeah, Foom or... is. Oh no, it's the Great Protector, not Fing Fang Foom. Oh, because yeah, I was because I thought it was just that one that was in like that Lego set, but um, um. But I just heard from someone it was that. But I mean, I don't really care. Yeah. But no, yeah, the movie looks fantastic. I absolutely cannot wait. Yeah, it's a great trailer. Still one of my most anticipated. What? Well, that episode's not out yet, but it will be soon. You'll see. Um. But yeah, that's really all I have to say about it. It's a great trailer. Hopefully, we can get a No Way Home one soon. Yep. Let's hope. At this point, we're probably getting a Thor Love and Thunder one before I play. Yeah, have a great day, everybody, and yep. we'll see you next time. So, thanks again for watching, everybody. Um, uh, the new episode of Loki's coming out soon, so we will be talking about that. Hopefully, yep. we'll get that out quicker. But you know yeah. what? We're we're busy right now. So yeah, and if you guys like the podcast, make sure you recommend it to all your friends that might <laughs> like movies or TV or comic books. We're gonna be bring, make, cranking out lots of content this summer for you guys. Can't wait. Yeah. We're also going to be starting some prank videos over on our YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, our, our, our prank video, uh, youtube.com slash Nelk Films. <laughs>